Welcome to the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And thank you for joining us on our first episode. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about a controversial topic um, that many people want to ignore, and that is the topic of teacher bullies. Yes, that's right. We're talking about teachers who are bullies. So you know, teachers have been championed as being the unappreciated heroes during this pandemic, right? And that is true. Teachers have risked their lives in order to not only teach students, but keep students safe and healthy. And in return, administrators, district leaders, state leaders, and the country as a whole have dumped more on them through testing and capturing learning loss. And here in Texas, we have Senate Bill 4545. We've seen teachers more stressed, exhausted, and exasperated than ever before. This compounds the already existing problem of teacher bullies because those teachers who were bullied before the pandemic are even more stressed out than before and students become the target of that bullying behavior. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that we're talking about this because when I think back to my childhood experience, I loved all my teachers, but I definitely remember seeing kids being the target of whatever the teacher was going through, whether they were stressed about work, stressed about their home life, they took it out on the kids. Um, what about you? Did you ever experience that or see that? I did. I didn't experience it. I, like you, really liked all of my teachers. I guess I went to a kind of small, um, more rural school. So it was a very small school. I had great teachers, but I did see a lot of things that I feel like teachers targeted those kids who, um, you know, weren't your typical quote-unquote good student, like the ones who struggled sitting still or following directions. They did a lot of things. They would point them out, a lot of shaming type behaviors. Yeah, I remember my um, husband was telling me about when he was a kid, and again, we are same age, grew up in the 80s and born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. Um, and he talked about how when he was a kid, he remembers a teacher getting mad at a student and it was her birthday and she, her mom brought cupcakes for everybody. Cause back in the, you know, back in the eighties, your mom can make cupcakes and you could bring them. You don't have to yes. worry about allergies or anything like that. And the teacher got mad at her. I don't even know what she did. My, my husband said that it was just, you know, something he doesn't even remember what the reason was obviously not important. And she took the cupcakes and ate one of them and said, we're not going to have these as a class. Like, in front of the whole class, punishing this girl, and I guess punishing everybody else for this misbehavior. And so I just think of that shame that that girl felt. And, you know, what what trajectory did that lead her towards? You know, like, is, was she, how can you not, you know, go on and think about that experience and, and how that impacts their learning? And I think just... Um, you know, my background, I, you know, I was a former seventh grade teacher and then, um, I've worked as an SEL specialist for the last seven years. Um, and just really kind of highlighting that shame and punishment is not how we should deal with misbehavior. And I know you probably see a lot as a behavior specialist, Michelle, right? I do. Yeah. I am just, (laughs) I know know, I dropped that on you. (laughs) Awestruck. I hope that that student, that woman, wherever she is, 
eats a cupcake every year on her birthday to spite that horrible and mean teacher. I can't imagine doing that because, you know, she was probably excited because yeah, it was her birthday. her birthday. And, you know, maybe she wasn't listening as well as she should have, that type of thing. But that just seems so mean-spirited. I know. I know. Yeah, I do. I see a lot of um, just frazzled and adults who are really just hanging on by a thread and I think too I wonder if part of it is because you know we want to be as inclusive as possible and keep kids in the general education classroom Mm -hmm. but a lot a lot of the times we do that without offering more supports for that teacher so I wonder you know we have kids that we know are going to struggle, you know, following directions or sitting in a chair for that long Long. at a time. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the system is just kind of amplifying that because we're not supporting the adults in the room. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think when I think back to when I entered the classroom as a teacher, this was 17 years ago, I just thought all kids kind of learned how I did. I really didn't have, I mean, I, I think all teachers, you know, learn the basics of behavior and how to deal with it. Um, But we're not prepared for those challenging behaviors and we're not prepared for those kids who do have trouble sitting down. And so I really kind of had to be thrown into the fire like, okay, I'm going to let this kid walk around the classroom for a little bit just so they can burn some energy or whatever. Or I'm going to let this kid tell a joke if they, you know, get up and tell a joke because they love to be the class clown. I'm going to, I'm going to honor that if you can do your work too, you know, just kind of navigating that. I didn't have anybody to tell me that. And I don't even know if that was the right thing to do looking back either. Um, But I just think, you know, it's just hard as a teacher. If you think that your students are going to be exactly like you were as a, as a kid, that's, that for me it was like oh not everybody learns the way I did or not everybody feels the way about teachers the way I did you know I loved my teachers my parents talked positively about teachers but I recognize now a lot of my students came from parents who had teacher bullies and maybe that you know the girl with the cupcakes is Mm -hmm. going to be a parent and what messages is she sharing with her children about teachers and you know we all bring those experiences to um, to the classroom, whether we're the teacher or we're the student. And so, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So I wonder if, you know, that generation had a hand in developing the next round <laughs> mm-hmm. of, you know, kids who would be maybe stand up more to adults in classrooms. And as, you know, a teacher, I know how that feels. It doesn't always feel good right. in the moment. Um, and maybe that's contributing to it as well. I can remember there was a student who was in special education um, and he was in our classroom. And at the time, um, you know, we were a small school, so everyone was together regardless anyway by grade and age. Um, But this particular student would get up a lot and kind of roam around the room do all those things that make teachers crazy. (laughs) And I can remember she got out a roll of um crepe paper like streamers oh and I remember thinking this is how skewed my thinking was that adults never do bad things to kids because instead of questioning why she was tying his legs to his chair with streamer paper 
my thought was, why is she using paper? He can just he can break out break of it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but I had always had good experiences with my teachers because I was kind of just naturally what they liked, quiet, and followed directions. Me too. Me too. I didn't question anything. No. I don't think we were taught to question adults then, you know. And I wonder if, and maybe you can speak to this, Michelle, if some of that that we perceive as being defiant really is advocating you know that kids are learning how to advocate for themselves and we're seeing those as being defiant when really they're opportunities to help refine that to help help them grow in that skill you know and I just gosh that's pretty powerful yeah <laughs> you know because I didn't know how to advocate myself for myself Me neither. for many years right I was definitely taught to be a people pleaser and especially with adults and authority right. positions. And so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wanna now teach that skill to my kids. Yeah. Because I want them to be able to advocate for themselves. And it's such a hard thing to navigate too, especially if they have adults telling them no, like, or not recognizing and not fostering that, you yeah. know? And so um, I just I just kind of wonder about that. I feel like I missed out on so much because of maybe being, like you said, a people pleaser. And what is your, are you the oldest in your family? I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the youngest. But my okay. brother is six years older, almost seven. Okay. So. So kind of a, a bigger gap. Yeah. Where, okay. okay. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest by four and a half years. Okay. So I definitely, you know, um, I kind of, I really admire my brother because he, you know, kind of did his own thing and he, um, you know, but I was really just like, this is the path I need to do. I need to stay on the straight and narrow. Um, I didn't want to see my parents stressed out. You know, I didn't want to, and I would cringe when teachers would be stressed out. Like I, I would always nod my head in class because I wanted the teacher to know, hey, someone's paying attention. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. we're we must have been taught to do to that, do that because I would yeah. do the same thing too. Like yeah, that was part of being a polite listener. Right, was. Mm-hmm. Folding your hands yes. and smiling and nodding politely at your teacher all right. day. Right. Yeah. Gosh. And so I, I feel like I learn a lot from my my own kids. I have an 11 year old and a seven year old, and um, they I you know I find myself telling them, well, don't ask that question, and you know, I really I really should be helping them reframe the question to ask it in a way that doesn't seem offensive because they need to get the answers you know and yeah um like you said with our own kids it's we just want to make sure they don't <laughs> go down that that path yeah you I know. think too I think of that in terms of because I'm also a special education teacher and I think you know that population is so vulnerable and so at risk anyways mm-hmm. and then you know our then we teach them to say yes to adults all the time and to not question things and and man I know that just is dangerous it's really dangerous it is it's like you said especially that population of of students where we should be equipping them even more we're kind of doing them a disservice yeah Um, what about I always find it interesting is a lot of times other adults in the building know 
that yes. a teacher is a bully to kids, but it's still allowed to happen. Right. And it's like, how does that work or fly? Or... I know. And I, you know what? I was probably guilty of that. Like, oh, I know so-and-so down the hall is is not a great teacher. I'm glad you're with me. Or, you know, you just got to get through the day with them or whatever. And I just, I kind of cringe now. But, but back then, I guess, again not necessarily advocating for myself. Um, I wasn't really always able to advocate for my kiddos, you know, so. Yeah, well, you, how would we know? How would we know? So it's it's kind of interesting, too, because we're, we're first talking about the teacher bullies and the immediate targets. Mm-hmm. But then there's this after effect yes. of kids like you and I who saw those kids being targeted, and we were like, oh, I don't want to be that. And so we become super compliant and and it takes us a while to advocate for ourselves. Yeah. It's like, man, it just it just kind of spreads. You know, you think about it. It really does. It takes a while to grow that kind of backbone, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think like you said, the other the other people in the in the building can do some things to kind of help uh, you know, grapple with this whole <laughs> this whole thing happening. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times we rationalize what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and I think you talked about too kind of just like it's it's normalized by students um, and then you mentioned too minimized or ignored by the colleagues who remain silent um, and then I think just too a lot of times Michelle and I talk a lot because we're we're friends and colleagues but just the school system in general how it's set up to kind of reward the teacher bullies it really is you know? because if the bullying quote unquote works yep and by works i mean kids are silent and following directions then they're almost rewarded yeah. and you know given pats on the back for having such great classroom management yep. and but the culture in that classroom yeah that's sucks. unsafe yes <laughs> you know it's unsafe and not conducive to learning also, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but have you ever been a, as an adult teacher and a colleague, been a victim of a teacher or administrator bully? Oh, yes. Um, I haven't, sorry, I don't think I've been the victim of it, but I have seen an administrator bully a teacher um, to the point where uh, we had like a Secret Santa event, yeah. And this administrator received the teacher that was the target of that administrator's bullying. And you could write, you know, you wrote down things that you would like, and then things that were like, no, I don't like, or I'm allergic to it, or whatever. And the administrator purchased something off of the no list for that teacher. Are you kidding me? No. That is so petty. Isn't that so petty? And you would think these people who are in positions of power. And leadership. And leadership. What does that show teachers? You know? So then, of course, then it's kind of like that's being modeled for you. And you're kind of, when you're a teacher, you're kind of the principal of your own classroom. Yeah. So then you're going to do that to your students, too. Or or maybe not. You know, hopefully, she, I don't think that this teacher did that. I think she... Um, was able to, fortunately, she was able to advocate for herself and um, get out of that situation. But, that man. That is just yeah. unbelievable. I know. Well, and I wonder, too, it's like, if you are a, let's say you're a new teacher, 
and you see your administrator behaving in that way, you would then assume that that is quote unquote professional ethical yeah. behavior. Right. And then of co- I wonder what the discipline was like in that school with that administrator. Because if they treat colleagues and peers that way, I mean, how are they treating kids? How are they treating kids? And how are they encouraging their teachers right. to treat kids? I will say that it was very structured and unstructured at the same time. Mm-hmm. For example, there's a lot of like punitive behavior, you know, uh, punishments for um, misbehavior but they weren't enforced with consistency. Interesting. You know, and certain kids got certain punishments and certain ones didn't. Um, And, you know, we didn't focus on building relationships with kids either. It was kind of like we assumed that kids were, I don't know, just unable to, to be given responsibility or act in a way that they could go on field trips or we could do team building or things like that. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and it's when you think about it too, because it was the same for me. Of course, I'm a little bit older than you, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that long ago that that was happening. Yeah. You know, and it just it blows my mind yeah. that that was kind of the norm and what was expected. You know, and I think of today, like now, when you were saying, you know, that the girl with the cu- who didn't get the cupcake, mm-hmm. if she grows up and has kids. I mean, how many times in education have we vented and complained about parents gosh. and, oh, my gosh, they called up and yelled at me and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm thinking, what if they were grew up not knowing school is a safe space? Exactly. And that they need to stick up for their kid because teachers are horrible, mean people who don't let you have a cupcake on your birthday. On your birthday. Yeah. It really puts a new... Um, like layer to things and it's like oh so they probably didn't have great experiences with teachers yeah and so they're probably not going to be as happy when teachers call home about misbehavior um you know maybe be on the defensive um and rightfully so because then you're wondering too if you're Mm. calling about misbehavior is it really misbehavior or is it because you don't like my kid yeah I think I was, um, I don't know if I want to use the term victim, but I think I was, <laughs> or maybe I should. Yeah, I, I don't know. Say. It's like, because yeah. uh, <laughs> I want to say that it wasn't that serious. Um, but at another district, um, I started out working there, um, and I have a special ed background. I've always kind of gravitated towards that population and those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a student who was extremely violent and just really hard to to manage for okay. a school day. Right. Um, he had some pretty significant diagnoses and just, you know, he struggled so much. And so I come from a background where I was kind of used to working with those tougher kids. Right. And so they asked me to, um, you know, to work directly with this student and... It was not a great environment, and the school, we were kind of in the place where we were, you know, trying all of the different interventions and strategies, but at the same time, really looking at, okay, if we can't, you know, educate him safely, 
what else can yeah. we do? And so, and it, he was that aggressive and that violent that that was actually on the table. So if that kind of tells you anything about this student, because they were they like, were, okay, right. we can't manage this. Um, so anyways, I spent a lot of time with this student and that district's behavior specialist kind of on our own because there was a lot of uh, meltdowns. There was a lot of behaviors. There was a lot of refusal to leave the classroom. Right. There was, you know, just all the things that go into working with students who experience those types of things. And before I started working with this student, I had a really great co-teacher relationship with the other special education okay. teacher. And I kind of um, looked up to her a bit. You know, she had a lot of background knowledge. Um, she was a little bit old school, so, like, not everything. everything right. <laughs> like, every once in a while it was like, eh, don't really do that anymore. Right, but, right. But, you know, she also had a lot of really cool, like, tricks with curriculum and differenti- differentiation. I know. Differ- differentiation. There we Good go. Good Lord. See, we... We did it together. We did it together. There's no shame. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> so, um, I mean, she was just, I thought, like a super nice person. And, you know, we got pretty close. And then I started working with this student. And, of course, we weren't talking a lot every day because I was with, with this that student. Yeah. And she was with, you know, her group of students. Yeah. And when talking with Place at an outside school, and then I came back to integrate back into my team, I wasn't wanted mm, or liked anymore. Really? I know. And I think, looking back on it now, I think she kind of felt like I was taking her shadow a bit, or her her shine. Her shine, yeah. You know, yeah. because she was kind of known before I got there as the person that could, quote, unquote, handle the rough the rougher, kids. yeah. And I stepped in and and kind of did that and you know I'm thinking to myself you could have gladly I would have traded places with you because it was not a lot of fun (laughs) um but I think she felt like she was no longer admin yeah favorite I guess I don't know it was just really weird and and then you know of course the um paraprofessionals that were working with us had a whole bunch of things to tell me you know, and it was just like, I, I my feelings were hurt. Yeah, I was going to say. Because I considered her a friend. Right. And I even went to the principal because I thought, I'm going to be at this school forever. Like, I, I love the kids right. here. I, you know, I loved my job. And I thought, how am I going to come back next year with this dynamic? And he had known her longer and me and my naivety and thinking that. You could go and, tr- and trust. And trust him. Uh. So I went and I said, you know, I need to know how I can repair this. What, you know, how do I approach this person? How do I open this up? And the next day he asked me to come to his office and she was in there. And... Yeah, he's like, well, I just wanted to get everything out in the open and for you to let Mrs. So-and-so know why oh you're having goodness. issues with her. And I was just like, F you. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking, first of all, I wanted to cry. Right. Because I wasn't ready or I wasn't in the frame of mind to have that conversation. Right. You know, I thought I would like, I don't know, have, get to hear his advice and then like, 
invite her to have it and then get my hat get, ready. And um, yeah, so I wanted to cry. And then, of course, immediately I regretted even saying anything. Yeah. It just shuts you down. It shuts you down, yeah. And so you're an adult experiencing that. Yeah, and I was well into adulthood. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I wasn't a, uh, you know, a 20-something. Right. I was, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's hard to, to navigate. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. If you could, if you went, if you were the principal and Michelle came to you, you were Michelle yeah. and, you, and somebody, you know, somebody came to you and had the same thing, what would you have done? God, that's a really good question. Are you a podcast? Are you a professional podcaster <laughs> by any chance? <laughs> yeah. I just was thinking, like how Barbara Walters <laughs> over here. I'm Barbara Walters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. I think I would have handled it. I think I would have listened. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I would have listened to their concerns. Right. And given them some constructive feedback, like, okay, you know, maybe you could offer to clear the air or, you know, you know, on your planning periods, because we had planning periods at uh-huh. the same time, which became super awkward around the copier. Right. Like I was gonna... <laughs> <Hey>. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for, then on the rest of the year, we did no paperwork. No, I'm kidding. We yeah, yeah. To... <laughs> Use your um, workbooks. Yeah. But I hope I would have listened, giving them a couple tips to, you know, maybe start opening up that conversation. And then I hope I would have said something like, if you feel like this is escalating to a place that I need to become involved, please let me know because we are a safe space. We are here to keep yes. everyone safe, you know. Yeah. But Because that's the thing is, at that time, I don't know that you needed – Mm-mm. that principal's involvement you just needed someone to listen to you and like you said maybe offer some constructive feedback yeah like um, how do you navigate right. a coworker who is talking smack about you right. to everybody yeah yeah I mean especially if it doesn't stop mm-hmm. to where you can't even I mean like you said it was awkward around the copy machine that planning time became tense like yeah. then you're not doing what's best for kids at all because you can't you know yeah. it's like yeah. so I guess the feedback I got from that was to not say anything and right. maybe that's why we have so many adults in buildings who don't say anything yeah because they've had that experience as well yeah and then we have some who I think you and I probably have healthy outlets after work, mm-hmm. hopefully. I don't know. Sometimes mine aren't. <laughs> I have a point about that in just a minute, too, that I just realized as we were talking. Um, that, you know, but there's some who don't, and then they become the teacher bullies to the kids. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not getting that out. I'm not having anybody validate me. And then my kids, I feel like, aren't respecting me, and mm. I'm going to, ooh, Yeah. That is such a good point because yeah. if you feel like you don't have any control yeah. or able to manage your life outside of work, then of course, inside work. Yeah, you have the, you're the principal of your classroom or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. And I said the, the healthy coping strategies because I think one thing I struggle with still is eating and, and weight loss and things like that. And I realized that the two examples that I gave had to do with food. <laughs> the cupcake, and then the the Secret Santa with the getting the food that was on the no list, you know. And I was like, I didn't even pick up on I that. I know. And I was like, but you know, I think of it too that 
those stuck out to me because food and, and sharing food is such a joyous occasion. And a comfort And a thing. comfort. And then that was robbed from those two, the student and then the teacher. Yeah. And I just think, like, how much more, you know, instead of taking away food, especially because, you know, we don't know people's situations. Like I said, it could be allergies. It could be and, – and just the birthday party, that food is such a integral part to celebrations. Yeah. And then, you know, we should be looking at ways to break bread is what I was going to say. That was my big epiphany there yeah, with the, the food stuff too. And so, and I think even when I was a teacher, some of my biggest <laughs> struggles with my kids were around food, mm-hmm. bringing in the Takis. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I just remember like your fingers, I, your fingers, so gross. I was like turning in a, a homework sheet and it's talky dust all over mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I just, and I remember kids like sneaking sodas in the, in the back of the, in the classroom. And I just, that was a, a huge battle. And that was also a way that I was able to build relationships with kids. I would, if they had to come in for tutoring, I'd find out what, what they like to eat and I'd get that snack, you know, Aww. as long as I could afford it or whatever. Yeah. If it was Starbucks, you know, it was like, okay, listen, yeah, <laughs> you know, they should be getting you the Right. Starbucks. They should be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and I just think how, how much that was a, uh, a hit or miss in my classroom. It could be a great day. We're having, you know, fun with food. And then it could be someone stole my lunch or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, I just, I think even just some stories too. I just remember even um, being in school and putting my lunch in the back and then coming and there's part of my lunch is gone, you know, I, from students. Why do it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had that happen with adults. I have too. Like why... Number one, right. I don't know where your food comes from. Exactly. So why would I want to take, I mean, if it was like my, or like you, right. I'd be like, oh, hey, I took blah, blah. I took, right. But I mean, to just do that with somebody that you don't really know. You don't even know. It's like, what if they didn't wash their hands before they made right. their sandwich? <laughs> or what if they have 86,000 cats, cats in their in house? Cats in their house. <laughs> I was thinking that too. It's like, you don't know what. <laughs> One could be hopping around on the on I the mean, cutting board or whatever. Of course. <laughs> I just, I don't understand why you would risk that. For your own health. I know. You know? Or <laughs> just. Or you. Bleh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. I, that That's kind of sad. But yeah, I think I've had that happen probably more as an adult than as a kid, but I remember the kid feelings. It's like, oh, what am I gonna do now? Mm-hmm. You know, as an adult, I can go hop in my car and go get food. Except as a yeah. teacher, I really couldn't because it's, yeah. you know, I had like twenty-two minutes to eat or whatever. Yeah. So, but I think too, like if it's a kid that took it as an adult, you're like, well, they must have been hungry. Right, it was or, a good, yeah. Or at the very least, well, they're an impulse control. Exactly. Isn't it? As you and know. maybe I had really cool snacks, too. Could be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. I guess, you know, I see a theme as in each situation, we've expected the adult to act like the, an adult, and they just haven't. Yeah. And so we have all these adults teaching kids how to be adults when they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not the best example. I'm not saying that you have to be the number one role model for kids. Yes. But... If you're going to be there for kids, you need to be there for kids, I feel like. Yeah. You know. At least during your working hours. Right. I mean, whatever you do Afterwards, after that. yeah. But, but during that time, 
Yeah. That. Like, how can we ask for, just as a teacher, right? you know, basic respect from our students if they see us talking down to students and being mean? And then especially, like, if they see us treating our peers that way, our other coworkers. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's just, a, it's a hard thing to navigate. And I wish, you know, that, that I could say that every teacher out there is, is doing the right thing. Um, but I just, unfortunately, I know too many that, that aren't and the power trips and the power struggles, um, you know, become pretty obvious. And so, I mean, I guess, you know, thinking about if, if that is happening to my own kid, like if my kid came home and said, mom, Mrs. So-and-so or or Mr. So-and-so is, is bullying me, um, you know, what do I do next? How do I even, like, do I go run up to the school and then cuss the teacher out, you know, or whatever, which is what I want to do in my, in my mama heart? Or how, and how do you even know that if you did go and talk to the administrator about it, that they would do anything? Or would that put a bigger target on your kid? Right. I will never forget one of my first um, experiences helping a teacher in my current position. Um, and it, they were a sixth grade teacher, and um, and at least where we're at anyway in Texas, um, we get, the kids would get, um, you know, those little, like, not weekly readers, because that's what I got. Right. <laughs> But um, it was for science, like a like a oh yes, oh my goodness, newsletter type thing about you know all of the science, and each week had a certain theme and things like that. And so, you know, at the beginning of the year, teachers received like I don't know eighty seven hundred of these right to distribute newsletters to distribute throughout the year. And so this teacher, who was not a new teacher, in fact, she was towards the end of her. Working years. Her idea was to give (laughs) these sixth graders all of the newsletters at once at the beginning of the year. And her instructions were to (laughs) put them, she gave them to them in order, right? So if they just, and her instruction was put it on the top shelf of your locker. And then each week on Mondays before you come to my class, take the next one down. No. And in her brain, like, she realistically thought... That that a sixth grade student could manage that? kids that she hated anyway and always complained about could manage that. And I I remember thinking to myself because she was one of the teachers that I've ever went to admin about just because of the way she treated students. Right. But I just remember her completely dressing down this kid because he lost, you know, week 38 or whatever it was of his science newsletter thing. Right. And just how humiliating she was and, like, made him sit out in the hallway. And, I mean, she just shamed the hell out of this kid. And I remember thinking, you know, these kids, number one, they share lockers. Right. (laughs) So you... You asking them to be responsible for something that is they, in a space with somebody else? Yes, that oh, they don't goodness. have they don't have control complete over control the space. over. Right. And I remember thinking 
by the looks of your classroom, you wouldn't be able to keep track of all of these. <laughs> and that's probably why you gave them to all right, the kids. Right, because you didn't want to have to be responsible for them. she didn't want to have to be responsible. And it was almost like she was just kind of looking for... A reason. Yeah, like another thing to complain about. Like, I'm going to do it like this so then I can com- can complain about how incompetent and unorganized and blah, blah, blah these kids are. And it's like, why... Are you come? Why are why are you punishing yourself by working with a group of people that you clearly do not like at all? I mean, yeah. what happened to you right. that you think like is this your penance and you just haven't told us about right. it? You're or, just like okay. I mean, put down the big cross and you know. Just yes. Wow. Yeah, it was um, just. None of it made sense. No. Her instructions, the way she did it, the way she handled it afterward, none of it made sense. And see, when you said that too about you realized that she probably couldn't handle keeping all of those in her room, I wonder if that's some of the teacher bullying issue as well, is that teachers (laughs) think that students won't notice, like, oh, I'm going to, I don't have control. I I know I can't do this, so I'm going to make them responsible or put this on Mm. them and then when you have the kid that calls it out Mm -hmm. or the kid who is a good kid and and usually does what you but they can't because this is way too much for them yeah and then they become the target yeah you know it's it's just it's interesting how much of this behavior is rooted in adult insecurity Yes. You know? Yes. And we pawn it off on the kids as them being bad. Of course we do. You know? Because they can't challenge back. Or they're not supposed to challenge back. They're not supposed to challenge back. But I feel like now, and I mean, we, you have kids that are a little bit younger. My kids are um, in their teen years. But, like, I want them to question things. I do, too. I want them to do it in a positive. Positive, yes. You know, productive manner. But I want them to question things. Yeah. I mean, because I did stupid stuff because I didn't question I didn't, the people in control. Right. I just I could, if I do it and nobody finds out, it'll be okay. Or yeah. I can just fly under the radar. Yeah. And yeah, I want them to. And adults aren't safe. Like, and they weren't when we were young right. either. It's just, you know, now we hear all the horror stories more. Yeah. Kind of a thing. And, you know, it's like, I, I want my kids to question and the, we have then we have these adults who are insecure about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy world that we're trying to raise and teach kids, and also keep ourselves safe. I know too, it sure know? is. Yeah, I don't know, but I I think and I'm glad that we're having this discussion and um, yeah. just to kind of um, talk about too why we started this podcast was you know we wanted to bring to light. Um, I think we were kind of late to the game and yeah. late registration kind of goes along yep. with that and finding out these things about dealing with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, Michelle and I have worked on different projects together. We've worked with all kinds of situations. Um, we're both huge advocates for social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. We're really into learning about the brain and, and how it um, and executive functioning and all these things that you'll hear us talk about on here. Yeah. But, um, that's really why we decided to to start this podcast. I mean, I don't know. We, we, For if you sure. Want to speak up to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to hang out together. And we get to hang out together <laughs> and have fun. Yeah. With- and I think, too, like, it's just nice to have, even if 
you know, obviously you're not in the room with us, but it's it's nice to just hear other people talking yeah. about these issues that you've experienced or that, you know, maybe your friend has experienced. Yeah. And so I think we need to talk about it more. I wish that um, it reminds me of I was um, asked to, well, I kind of got picked, quote unquote picked. Um, so we had a survey team come to our district this year, and it was a survey for how we support um, the LGBTQ oh, yes. youth yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super nice people. And so, you know, they sent out an email asking for volunteers. And so I sent in and said that I would, of course, volunteer. And then um, they just randomly selected people so that they would get a good sample. Okay, and gotcha. I, I got picked. Okay. And so I went and I talked and um, they asked me, you know, if you could do what is the one thing your district could do that would make it a safer space for LGBTQ kids. Okay. And I said, you know, I think if the people in charge would just explicitly say that it was a safe space, then it would give everybody else in the building permission to say that out loud as well. And I think this is like the same thing. Like if we would just say as a district, as a campus, as a teaching team, that these behaviors are not okay. Right. And this is how it will be handled. Just up front. Up front. Yes. Because I think a lot of times, too, kids, and a lot of them are like us, they want to do well, They and they know they need to be successful. They don't know how, or they, they don't know, know what the expectations are. Yeah. You know, especially kids coming from trauma, or kids coming from a background that may have been, you know, excluded before. Yes. Um, so they might just be a titch sensitive about that. A little that. bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a little she. bit. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're speaking to the choir, to each other. <laughs> But yeah, I think that just having that that safe space and and um, absolutely yeah, and just making those expectations known up front is just one key thing that teachers can do yes. for their kids. Um, I think so too. And maybe if they if we do it, then somebody else will do it. Yep. And then they'll you know, yep. and it'll kind it'll of spread. snowball yeah. and spread in a good way, not a bad way. And maybe that'll be a next and topic. Maybe that'll is, be a next is, topic expectations and yeah a good one. I know yeah and I feel like we have you know um like I said a lot of the same experiences except you know I think you have probably a lot more um working with a diverse population of students as far as you know from elementary all the way up and probably having more interaction with um students who were in special ed um but I think the the thing that kind of bonds us together is that we we recognize that kids need to be advocates you know and they need those skills and we're not trying to take that away from them yeah and know? they need advocates yeah too. and they need yes safe people yes who aren't going to bully them or use something against them or yeah. anything like that and to teach them how to advocate for themselves yeah. responsibly exactly exactly um I was going to say too, just you know, as we are as we're going through this podcast, so many other thoughts. This is our first episode. Yeah, but they just, probably couldn't tell that. I, <laughs> we can say big words. <laughs> it just takes us together. Together. <laughs> but um, you know, I think as we as we go along too, we'll have not just us because I mean we could yes, talk all day. I mean absolutely. we. I don't even know how long we've been on here, but yeah. um, you know, but we can have some 
guests come in too, yes. some experts in the field. Yeah. Um, We've got a couple local people that's right. people that we're talking to. Um, so excited about that. One is a parent okay. of a um, former um, special education student. They are now a successful adult. And so Ooh. she kind of saw this niche in her community um, and started her own that's right. yeah. business and does all kinds of cool things for kids and adults with developmental disabilities and um neurodiverse diagnoses and all of that good stuff and so yeah so I'm pretty excited to talk with her I am too I'm super excited yeah yeah and then um we'll we'll also take suggestions from y'all that are listening absolutely maybe the one person that we have right now who's listening I don't know who's listening (laughs) maybe they have a great idea that we can talk about we can steal yeah Yeah. yes but yeah I think we'll um I'd love for you guys to continue listening to Late Registration with Ashley and Michelle. <laughs> um, but I think I think we're we're good for our first. I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we nailed it. I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we probably didn't, but that's okay. That's okay. You know what? You got to do new things. Yes, another topic right there. Yes, how to absolutely. try new things and healthy risks. Healthy Healthy risks. risks. I like that term. Healthy risk. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, we will see you all next time on the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michelle. Thanks. Thanks.